Hello and welcome back to the Unlocking Theatre podcast. In today's episode, we speak to Heather's and Britain's Got Talent star, Charlotte Giaconelli. But first, let's have a rundown of this week's theatre news. It has been announced that there will be a new Wizard of Oz film. The show must go on creators are going to release children's t-shirts and phone cases. Gatsby the Musical will now be streaming from the 26th to the 28th of February, starring Jodie Steele and Liam Doyle. Amelia is now streaming through March. And First Date with Simon Lipkin and Samantha Barks is going to be added to Broadway HD today. So enjoy this episode. We had a great time speaking to Charlotte and come back next week for more. Um, I'm a West End performer, uh, actor, and I started my career out. Is that kind of what you want? Like, sorry, yes. I always go, yeah. So like, <laughs> I started my career out uh, when I was 16. Um, I did Britain's Got Talent. And I was part of like a classical crossover duo and I came runner up and ended up signing a record deal to Sony Music. So I did three albums of Sony and then decided that I wanted to get back into musical theatre because it's like what I always wanted to do. And I couldn't get in the room for anything and no one would like listen to me or like trust that I could do the job. So I decided to audition for drama school. I got into Arts Ed, did three years training there and then made my West End debut in Heather's. And then have kind of been working ever since, which I'm super grateful for. Until now. But after <laughs> that, it was all great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you say until now. So what have you been up to during lockdown? Because I feel like it kind of just happened and we all had to adapt to it very quickly. Yeah, it was quite it was quite an abrupt change, wasn't it? I was due to be starting rehearsals for Carousel at Kilworth House. I just finished at The Boy in the Dress and I moved home to my mum and I was meant to only be at home for like three weeks. And like anyone that's been to uni will understand like moving away from home and moving back is like a really difficult thing to do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that happened. And then we like went into lockdown and I was like, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do? Like I've got bills to pay. So I ended up working at Tesco as a temp, which was actually like really fun. Everyone there was like super lovely and I worked there for four months, but they had to unfortunately let all of the temps go. So I kind of just got to thinking about like what I could do to kind of keep myself creative and like keep other people creative. So I decided to create my uh, own company called Jack and Ellie Theatre Workshops, where I've basically just been doing lots of like online theatre workshops. Last week I did like a theatre workshop week, which was kind of like, uh, like a summer intensive, but like all online. Um, and yeah, just hoping to do more classes with that really at the minute. Yeah, it's kind of just important to like stay busy, isn't it really? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Like filling your time with stuff, like no matter what it is, like at the minute, like even if filling your time is literally watching Netflix, like you just need to fill your time because otherwise you will go insane. I just think it's also like about being comfortable with not being productive. I think like everyone kind of decided like, oh God, we've got this time and like I'm no longer at work. So therefore it means I have to accomplish the world and become Albert Einstein. And like, that's just like not what this time really needs to be for. I think actually like the most important thing is no one ever really gets time to focus on themselves and like what they actually want because you can kind of get running with like school or uni or work or auditions or like whatever it is and I think it's just really useful sometimes to just go okay so me as a human being not associated with work or not associated with studies whatever it is like am I happy what do I want what do I need to do to make myself happy and that could be like McDonald's or it could be like the beach whatever that is (laughs) like just you know do it yeah definitely because like when you have everything kind of that's in your life and it's just gone you kind of have to find other things quite quickly 
care and like you feel like you lose your purpose a little bit and I think we all like kind of put so much pressure on our purpose being our work or our industry or like whatever that thing is we put it so much on other things that can just disappear like that and I think it goes to show like how all of that stuff can just go overnight and the thing that you have to ultimately be happy with is the people in your life and, and you without getting yeah. too deep on a Tuesday <laughs> Wednesday we're on a Wednesday honestly the days roll into one so you said that you went to art said yeah yeah a lot of people have said like when they walk into a building they know it's for them do you oh think God. that was for you absolutely like it's it's such a hard thing to explain I guess it's like the only the closest thing I can describe it to is that when you watch Harry Potter and you just absolutely know which house you fit into before taking the Pottermore test you know <laughs> what I mean like you just kind of get a feeling for a building and the kind of people that are operating in it and it's a really weird thing because actually you know nothing about the school you don't know anything about the ethos you haven't gone there it's just um there's just like something in the pit of your stomach when you walk into a building and and I went to I actually went to Artsed for sixth form and I left halfway through because of Britain's Got Talent so I'd already kind of I'd spent eight months in that building kind of I mean not part of the degree course but like as part of the pupil school and it kind of just felt like home to me um and I like and, and and as well it's not even just about the school it's about kind of like the area it's in and do you feel comfortable and do, is, can you see yourself living there because you are going to live there um and I think yeah it was it was for me about matching up kind of the ethos and the atmosphere when I walked in the building versus the kind of training I was going to get and also like I only chose to audition for three schools because I'd kind of got into my head which now I realized was probably a bit stupid but I got into my head that like it had to be one of these three schools and I was just very fortunate that I got into the one that I wanted to get into um so yeah art said was the goal and it ended up happening what made you like decide that that was for you I think for me, I've always been like a singer actor. I've always known that I was like really strong in those two fields and I knew I could dance, but I had zero technique slash I have some technique now, but I'm not a technical dancer. So I kind of looked at all of the schools and like the syllabus and like what they offered. And I think like most people would have said to me, oh, you suit GSA or Mountview. That probably would be true for the things that I was already good at. And for me, it was about not catering to the things I was already good at but going away to focus on the thing that I couldn't do. Because I think if you go to a drama school, if you're a singer and you go to a drama school that focuses on singers, what's the point? You're not going to learn anything because you can already do that thing. Do you know what I mean? So um, I looked at GSA, I looked at Mountview and I was like, oh my God, this will be amazing. But Art said is probably going to give me that leg up that I need to do the things that I want to do. So for me, it actually came down to the dance training and then looking at all of the drama schools and going, okay, I need dance training, but I'm not going to get into lane. So where can I go? And Art said was just the fit for me. Who or what inspired you throughout your training? This is like always such a hard question because I think like we put so much into thinking of like other people that inspire us, right? And it's kind of about you have to inspire yourself in some capacity. Like you have to be able to look at yourself and go, oh, I did really well at that. I think the person that probably encouraged me the most was Chris Hocking, who was the head of that course. I honestly, like, he got me through my three years and he really took time to understand, like, where I'd come from, what I wanted to achieve. Like, anytime I had, like, a bump in the road whilst I was training, like, he was, like, the first person I went to. And I think he's kind of, for that, for the whole school, actually, he's he's amazing at keeping everyone driven and keeping you kind of on track 
I think it was just about really the thing that inspired me to kind of keep going was trying to remember why I was there and how much work I did to get there because I think like when we're all like audition for like drama schools or when you're like applying to uni or applying to what like even just for like a small Saturday course you get you have to remember the feeling that you felt when you were waiting to hear if you'd got in and that's the reason that you keep going yeah and last one for me what's the most important quality for someone newly qualified to have openness I think being open and willing to try anything I think the worst thing that you can do like when you're like new and fresh into the industry is is shut yourself off and limit yourself from loads of different opportunities I think being willing to try everything to meet new people um being willing to fail if you're not willing to fail as someone that's new then you're never going to be successful because you will never learn how to be good if you don't fail most of like the best things that happened to me have come out of me failing so i think you know being open and being willing to fail heather's was like your west end debut Mm -hmm. what was it like kind of did you audition for it when you were still at drama school yes i did but i fit so like the way that it works that i can only speak for art said but we like do ash we do two shows and then a showcase And then after showcase, you have like workshops, which essentially like some classes carry on and people come in to teach you like choreography from shows or you meet like different casting directors just for a chat and things like that. And after showcase, you're allowed to start auditioning for things. So it was in like, I think it was the end of April um, because I just signed to an agent and I was was still going to class, but I was auditioning. So yes, in short, because I clearly don't know how to give a short answer. But um, (laughs) (laughs) um, yes, I was still at drama school when I auditioned for others. (laughs) What was it like kind of going into a show that already had quite like a big established fan base? Was there like, did you feel a lot of pressure? Well, truthfully, when I first booked the job, I didn't know that. And I didn't really know anything about Heather's. Like I had watched the bootleg online, the like off-Broadway version. And I just spent the entire time watching Katie Ladner, who plays Martha. And I didn't really pay attention to the fact that it had this fan base. I was just so focused on, okay, like, what is the material? How do I get this job? And it wasn't until I turned up to rehearsals when they were like, oh, guys, like, you don't understand. Like, the fans are, like, so into this. And we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this is British people, not American. So it's not going to be that like, high. <laughs> and they, like, sat us down for the first two hours of the day. And they um, played us, like, a video with the music from the album uh, with like all of the fan art like telling the story of the album like and it was like the it wasn't like uh, yeah it was like it was amazing and like seeing how much time and detail and effort and talent went into like creating all of these things and like honestly there were like hundreds and I was just sat there like oh my god like people people know what this is and they really like it and now I'm in it and like if I have to like I, I like this is this is petrifying because especially as someone that's new to the industry you're like I want to get it right like again that thing of being open and willing to fail but you also like really want to get it right because you want to make a good impression and I was in the room with all these like I was in the room with like these three creatives like Andy Larry and Kevin who had written this piece that everyone knew and like Larry had written Legally Blonde which I was like obsessed with like the whole time growing up and like so like there's just like a lot of pressure right but it's also quite exciting because it's also that feeling of like oh like I'm in something good and people are going to like it and this is going to be successful. So it's also an exciting feeling, I guess, as well. Yeah. And obviously the reaction to it was 
just mad like what was it like seeing the audiences especially I, at the other palace when they're kind of like so close to you yeah that opening night at the other palace like I've never experienced anything like that and like let the like I sold out Hammersmith Apollo when I was 18 17 and it still doesn't compare to the 200 seats in <laughs> the other palace on the opening night of Heathers and honestly like this there was just something about that night and that energy and just like we were so excited to be on stage. The audience was so excited to be in the room. And like, everyone was just looking at each other like, oh my God. <laughs> and it was like, we were all having this really like, like magical experience. Like it honestly felt like some kind of like out of body, out of world experience. It was just so bizarre. And like everything we did, like it was, what was also so strange when you put on a show that's new, when you're going to do things and the audience already know it's going to happen, that's like the weirdest thing. Like you don't have that on an opening night. And yeah, it was just incredible. Like that rush of adrenaline and that excitement that like, I literally got to the end of the show and we were like fist pumping at the end. And I was just like crying with tears. And I was like, I think I'm overwhelmed. And also this is amazing. And like, I finally done the thing that I really wanted to do. And the audience are amazing. And this cast are amazing. And everyone's just amazing. And like, I'm never like that soppy. And I was just a mess. So um, yeah, that was amazing. And obviously it transferred to Haymarket. Yes. At what point during its run at the other palace did you kind of find out that it was going to Haymarket? So like really soon. I think we found out in the last week of June. So we'd only been open for like three weeks. And then we had to like keep this secret until like the end of of July, beginning of August. So we knew for about five, six weeks that we were going to be transferring. And like, I guess like we all sort of semi-knew like in rehearsals. So... I basically, like, I, so this is how I kind of cottoned on that it was going to happen. I, we, we started rehearsals and we were in the second week and I got an offer through for the Les Mis tour and Les Mis was like my dream show. Like it's kind of, it still is, but it's that one that I like always put up on a pedestal and I was like, I really, really, really like, it's my, it's one of my dreams. And in the second week of Heather's, I got this job offer through and it would have started in the November, which meant if the show, had, if Heather's had transferred, I couldn't have done Heather's. I'd have been already pre-contractually like into something else. Yeah. And I like went to the director, I went to Andy and I was like, listen, pal, <laughs> this is my dream <laughs> show. Are we transferring or not? Because if I turn this job down and we don't transfer, I'm going to cry for such a long time. And he was like, trust me, like, please just trust me, like have, have faith in me and have faith that this is going to go the way it should go and like I don't think I've ever been that like petrified of making a decision and I turned down the job and then cried for like four weeks because I was like I'm either gonna get a West End debut or I've given up my dream so <laughs> like um and yeah so like when they then told us that news I was like Ooh, okay thank you gut instinct thank you universe you treat me well um but yeah that like finding out that we were doing that was just like it was amazing especially when you put like so much work into something like western transfers really don't happen that often and uh, particularly if it's coming from like a smaller theater usually it kind of does its run and that's it and so yeah it was amazing yeah and whilst you were in the show you covered mrs fleming and martha didn't you yeah. And what was it like, kind of like, because I've seen the photo of you going on for Fleming. Yeah. How much notice did you get before doing that? So for Fleming, um, I don't, I, do you know what? I actually don't remember how much notice I had. 
I just know that I'd had like some kind of a walkthrough of the show like three days before, four days before. And that was the first time that I'd ever actually walked through the Fleming track. But even then, like I didn't properly walk through it because we didn't have enough covers or swings. So I would play Martha and Fleming at the same time. So like there's like a new scene that Fleming has where she talks to Martha just before Shine a Light. And so, and, and, and the thing is with that scene, like especially for like, for Miss Fleming, that is like her most important section in terms of like, it's really beefy and she's kind of, the spotlight is quite literally on her and she's got to keep improving and keep going. So like trying to rehearse that whilst also playing another character and like talking to myself and like trying to get my head into the headspace of like, okay, like how am I actually going to do this? I didn't really experience until I was on stage. And like that thing with improv that they make you do from like the age of five that we all hate when they're like, there's a bottle in the middle of the circle improvise and like those are like the worst experiences I think I have from like theatre training as a kid but it's like so useful when you get handed roles like that and I just remember being so petrified and like before I went on stage for that scene I just remember Jamie Moscato being like you better be funny and I was like (laughs) oh my god like that like now if I don't make you laugh or if no one laughs I'm like an actual failure um and I was like no pressure um and literally like I went on stage and then I got to that scene with Martha and Jenny who plays Martha was obviously on her track because I was not and I just remember absolutely being like do not I just really like do not say her lines do not say her lines do not say her lines because I played Martha so much up until that point I was just like looking at her like trying to make sure that I didn't say anything that wasn't in part of Fleming's script. And so I literally must have just looked constipated. Like it was just like the (laughs) level of concentration. And yeah, that was, it was terrifying, but also like so fun. Like I would have loved to have gone on for Fleming more. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. That bit and then having to like improvise the Steve bit at the end of that song. Oh, horrific. Absolutely (laughs) horrific. Like... It got to that point and I just hadn't thought about what I was going to do like, at all. And I was like, well, I can't, I can't copy Becky. Like, I can't do what Becky does every night. I've got to do something different because Jamie said, be funny. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> picking this poor guy. And then I made him stand up in front of like 900 people. <laughs> and I was just like, I just, I, do you know what? I couldn't even tell you what I said. I just remember saying the word moist at one point. Oh as it left my mouth, I was like, oh my God. I've just said moist in front of like 900 people in the West End, not in the script. Um, yeah, I mean, it was fun. I re- like that part is just so funny. Like, I get into play Veronica's mum as well. Um, like in that scene when she comes in and like uh, without spoiling it, and like she screams and drops everything, and it's just like, oh yeah, that part's a lot of fun. <laughs> but like, am I right in thinking there were no off-stage swings in Heather's? Oh, so- not a soul. Not a soul. <laughs> <laughs> what would have happened? What would have happened if, like, Becky Locke was off and Jenny O'Leary was off? Like, I would like... have been playing Martha and Fleming. So there was genuinely a show uh, where Becky was scheduled to be off and Jenny wasn't feeling well. And we were, I was literally sat in the dressing room with Lauren Drew and we were like, so how would this work? We just have to cut that scene where they talk to each other. Because, hilariously, other than that one scene where they talk to each other before Shine a Light, which was added in, they do not communicate the whole way through the show. Oh. So um, 
they're sometimes in the same space, but whenever they're in the same space, there was always one of them that you could justify not having there. Um, so like even like in Beautiful, you could justify not having Fleming mm-hmm. there or in The Me Inside of Me, you could justify not having Martha there. So there was like always a way that it could have worked. I mean, like we talk about like playing like multiple parts at the same time, like at the at the other palace and at the Haymarket, because we didn't have any swings, I played Stoner Chick and Martha at the same time every time I went on. So at the other palace, I just did all of my Stoner Chick track in my Martha costume. So I was dancing in like Never Shut Up. I was doing my track in Shine a Light because Martha wasn't in Shine a Light at the other palace. And then uh, once we got to the Haymarket, I basically did the same thing, but was switching back into my Stoner... No, I was switching back into my Stoner Chick costume. So it was just like, like nothing I will ever experience again. And also like super exciting because I like have such like a swing brain and I just love like doing like 50 different things at once. So like adrenaline, but also like super stressful. And by the time you get to kindergarten boyfriend, you're like, oh my God, it's nearly over. (laughs) (laughs) That, yeah, that experience though, that must be like so good for just like knowing you can do it. Oh, absolutely. Like, I had no confidence at the time, but afterwards I was like, oh, wow, you did that. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like, absolutely. And, and, and the thing is, like, in, in theatre, like, you will, always, you will always pull it off eventually because yeah. you, you have to. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there is no second take. There is no go back and do it again. You just have to keep ploughing on. And it's that thing of if it fails, you keep ploughing forward. You just keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Like, when I first went on for Martha, the first thing that happened to me was my stage manager sent me on too early for the scene. And that like, queued me on and opened the door. And I walked through and I walked in on a scene that Martha shouldn't have been there for. So I had to just stand at the back and pretend <laughs> to flies because I wasn't meant to be there. And it was just like horrendous but also like you just have to get on with it like it's just one of them things and like we're all human and we just make mistakes and it's like when people forget lines you just keep improving around it until you come back to the right bit of the script um i wanted to ask a few questions about britain's got talent so what was your um just general experience of that whole show my general experience was i'm so glad i wasn't an adult i think that it's a very different experience going on that show or any reality TV show as a kid to what it is going on as someone over 18. And I'm so grateful that I did it when I was that young. I think it did amazing things for me in terms of like, I ha- I now have like a bucket list of experience that I never thought I would ever have achieved. Like, and it wasn't anything that I'd ever dreamt of achieving. It was just things that seemed to happen as a default of being on that show. And it was amazing but I ultimately just remember constantly feeling down and stressed. Like I look back at that time and I was like, look at all of those amazing things that I did. And I was like, so unhappy. I was just like, I was feeling pressure from so many different corners. I like, I wasn't around any of my friends. I was spending like all of my time with people that were like double my age by Johnny who I sang with. And like everyone else that we communicated with were like 40, 50 years old. So it it could, it felt like extremely um, isolating and a bit like a pressure cooker. And it was just like crazy. Like we were in Monte Carlo, then we were in Italy, then we were back in the UK, then we were in Scotland, then we were in Ireland, then we went to Spain and we were just like, everywhere all the time and I just remember feeling exhausted but never having any time to like recharge but equally like I look back at it and I'm like wow that was amazing that I did all of those things but and so young but there there is a part of me that is glad that I moved on when I when I did 
Yeah. Had you ever performed to an audience that large than the one at the audition? Oh my God, no. I literally had maybe like 100 <laughs> people at stagecoach if 100 mums and dads turned up. Like, literally, like, never, ever, ever, ever. And, like, for the first time that you perform to an audience like that to, like, walk out at, uh, a, like, a 4,000, 5,000-seater venue and be not just in front of those people but have cameras everywhere knowing that it's going to air to, I think our episode aired to like 12 and a half million people I think it was the day that it aired and then like on YouTube now it's had like a stupid amount it's had like 128 million in the UK it's stupid um but yeah I just remember walking out and just being like oh my god don't look up but don't look at the floor but don't look at anyone just like and literally I'm like so blind about my glasses and that was like the biggest saving grace because I do all the time I don't go on stage with contacts or glasses I mean like I'm not like to the blind to the point that I can't see but um it's like just a bit misty and I quite like it um because you can't see anyone and the minute like the minute you put on a pair of glasses and you can see everyone's faces and response it's just quite petrifying uh so no never before in my life um and what was the attention like afterwards because obviously that audition is everyone sort of recognizes that audition is one of the big recognizable ones so what is the attention like from that really really strange because nothing changes to how you perceive yourself other people just seem to think well they do know you they recognize you and it's a really weird feeling when you're walking up the street and someone that you don't know is like Charlotte how are you and it's really quite disorientating because you have no idea who these people are like and they know your name they know facts about your life they know what you do for a job they know all of these this information and I literally have never seen your face before so that was like super strange and and the weirdest one for me was like I had my hair straightened for the audition which is so bizarre because I never have my hair straight so what I was finding is if I went out with my hair straightened more people recognize me than if I went out with like my natural hair um which was weird and uh the weirdest one was I went to New York about four five months after the show and like getting kind of recognized in the UK kind of became a bit normal but I like was not expecting what happened to me like when I got to New York and like people just like in the airport and here there and everywhere and like it was just like so bizarre and I was like stood outside my hotel like trying to do like city mapper to go somewhere and like one of these guys that like sells like the coach tours was like waving at me and I was like I don't want a coach tour and then he was literally like and I was like no no, I really don't want a coach tour like I'm I'm really fine like please like honestly I'm okay and he was like no Charlotte and I was like do we know each other and he was like from like Peru or somewhere I can't remember can't remember where he was from but he was just like so excited <laughs> that he'd like found me in New York and it was like I've seen your audition clip like five times and then like I was like well I've got to buy a bus tour of him now and that's like, <laughs> I did I bought the bus tour of him and I was like <laughs> yeah like it's just it's a weird it's a very strange it's a very very strange thing that I don't think anyone will ever get used to because you you kind of forget that anyone would know that and I guess like when I look back now and I'm like, that's how many million views it's had like, and that's, that's like just the one, that one YouTube clip. Like if I go across other ones, I think there was like, a time where like, I added up like the first three pages across YouTube and it was something like 400 million views across all the videos. And then I was like, I can't, like, this is petrified. I can't, that's just, 
I can't, I actually can't even uh, picture that many faces. So like, yeah, it's just, it's a weird, weird thing. <laughs> really strange. <laughs> um, and one last thing about Britain's Got Talent, what sort of made you decide to stop doing record deals and move to like musical theatre? I guess I could kind of say it happened naturally, but also was probably a conscious decision. Me and Johnny did two albums together. And when it came to kind of deciding about a third album, so what we, so when you, when you sign a record deal, you sign up for like a certain amount of terms or a certain amount of albums. So we signed up, I think for four or five uh, albums. I can't remember. And we did the first two and we sat down to talk about the third. And the thing is, at this point, like, we both just turned, I think Johnny had just turned 18 and I was, like, six months away from turning 18. And, like, for most teenagers, like, at that point is when you kind of start deciding, like, okay, like, what do I want to do? Like, where do I want to go? And I think we both felt like we were quite trapped in this thing of, we didn't want to get trapped in a system of, we make an album, we go on tour, we make an album, we go on tour. It was a case of, like, what, what are our aspirations and what do we want to do? And it was really obvious that we wanted different things. And it, I guess it was kind of obvious from day one. Like we kind of always knew because he ultimately wanted to do opera and I always wanted to do musical theatre. And, and they're not things that you do in a, in a group or a band. You can't audition for a show as a group, right? So you, it, like for anything. And so the record label said to us, okay, well, why don't we see what happens if Charlotte, you do a musical theatre album and Johnny, you can do an opera album. And we were like, oh as in like not together (laughs) um and yeah and that's kind of it sort of happened that way in terms of us going separate ways and then I finished that album and I was like okay cool I did a solo album yay and like I like went on tour with people and I toured the album and I like went on this morning and sang the song and I went like to all these different tv shows did all these things and I just realized that I was like oh I'm I might not be doing the duet and I might not be doing classical music, but I'm still stuck in this roundabout movement of the same thing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that I'm not singing classical songs. Right. And I just needed, I needed that feeling of live theatre. Like when you record something in a studio, it's so just like you record it across six weeks and then that's it for the rest of the year. You don't perform again until you go on tour. And I just needed that buzz back. I needed that adrenaline. I needed all of those things. And I realized that acting was the thing that excited me, not necessarily more than singing, but it was my driving force behind everything. And the only way I was going to get that was by moving into theater. What are talk about She Loves Me? Oh, yay. So you played Amalia, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. And she's on the stage like the majority of the time, apart mm. from like a few scenes of like Alona. What's it like like having a role that demands so much of you? Because like the songs are so big and like there's a lot going on. She goes through like different emotions and there's yeah. a lot happening to her. What's that like? I think at, I think at the time I didn't realise how big of a job it was because I was just so excited to be there. Um, but like it's... It's a, it's a weird thing because you don't realise until the end of the show how knackered you are. I think once you like walk into that, walk into that shop, you walk, you walk into that store to begin, the, to begin the show and it just is quite relentless from that point onwards. And you, I think it's a lot easier when you're playing a part like that to get invested in the story and to live it every night and to 
to just be braver with the things you're doing on stage because you don't have time to break out of it. Every time you leave the stage, it's, it's so hard to not break out from what's going on on stage. So I think that makes it easier. But in terms of like sustaining those eight shows and getting to the end of the week, I think I just had to be a lot more strict with myself about what I was doing, if I was drinking, if I was going out, like, and it isolates you a lot, I think, from the rest of the cast, because you have to, you have to be focused on the job, on the thing, and making sure that you can do it the next day, um, but, like, that, that feeling of it being your character's story that's being told is, like, one of the best things about playing roles like that. Do you think that you fit into the character quite well, because she's quite, like, similar to your vocal style? that was a bit easier to get into yeah absolutely like the thing that I had done up to that point was classical music and legit stuff and things like that so like it was for me like just a direct transfer and and like she loves me in some places is that kind of old school jazzy musical theatre but it mainly sits in that old school legit place which is more likened I guess to classical and opera music particularly things like vanilla ice cream and like that end cadenza and stuff like that and yeah like it was it was I was out of my comfort zone in terms of being part of a production like that, that I hadn't been a part of before in a musical where there's lights, this, that, and the other and actors and lines and scripts, but having that like one comfort of the thing that I know that I do all the time every day was probably the thing that kept me like not from like passing out from stress. (laughs) (laughs) And what's a favorite scene or song from the show and why? My favorite scene and song is probably the scene, uh, with where's my shoe where like George comes to like give her the like the ice cream as a present and like they get into this like really big fight and the song is just like so ridiculous it's literally the lyrics are like where's my shoe my right shoe give it to me where's my shoe (laughs) (laughs) honestly like it used to kill me every night that like for like six minutes we were just singing about a shoe um but it was like so much fun um and it always like got like the best response from the audience as well so I reckon that would be it how do you think the audience reacted to it because I've not really seen that many it doesn't like tour about it just kind of like crops up no so it, you know what like it's for people that know it it's like a home comfort they come back to watch a show like that because they're like oh I remember this from like way back when and it's it is a beautiful show but I think it's it's never been one of those legit shows that's like popular in the sense that everyone knows what it is, like a Guys and Dolls or a Carousel or something like that. But I actually think it's one of the best of its like generation. And I think the response that you got from the audience every night would show you that. Like they would laugh with you, they would cry with you. It was just like, it's like a beautiful show from beginning to end. Like if you've, if like you want to watch it, I think it's on like, is it Broadway HD? They've got it. Yeah, um and I watched it like at the beginning of lockdown like to literally like reminisce over how much I loved my time during that show and interestingly we were potentially going to take the show to the arts theatre for eight weeks but we it basically got pulled at the last minute because that roundabout production that's on Broadway HD were trying to get a transfer to the UK which never ultimately happened but I think it's about time that that show got like a bit more airtime and on, on like a bigger stage because I think it's I think it's brilliant and it's witty and it's funny and yeah it's great I don't know how Laura Benanti did it because like she was pregnant at the time like that was filmed and it's like how could you do that it's insane and also like coming from knowing how demanding that part is like I applaud her for being <laughs> yeah. able to do that because it is it's it's relentless it's relentless and it's a bit it's a big thing and I mean I've never been pregnant but I'm sure it's a lot harder when you are yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so we're going to end on some quick fire questions, if that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Night in or night out? Night in. A dream role? Oh my god! Eliza Doolittle. <laughs> dream cast member? Oh, um, dream cast member. What, to like be in a show with? Yeah. Yeah. Or Andrew? <laughs> Un- a show that's underrated. The prom? I mean, I don't even think it is underrated, but not enough people know about it. What's a theatre you'd love to work in? Uh, the Globe. Um, someone who inspired you growing up? Uh, Samantha Barks. If you're a Heather, which Heather would you be? Heather Duke. And finally, what is the first show you want to see after lockdown? Six! I want to go see Six again. <laughs> it was the last show I saw before lockdown happens. So I feel like it needs to be the first show that I see as it opens. Yeah. We are going to make a playlist and we're asking each person we interviewed to put a musical theatre song into the play- playlist. So we'll start with you. What are you putting in? I'm going to put in a song called Willow from, <gasps> I'm just going to tell you what show it's from. I know, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, it's from uh, Ve- Venice. Venice? Is that what it's is from? It, is it Jen Demanio who sings it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah. one. Yeah, Hang it's on. gorgeous. Yeah. I think I've listened to that. It's so good. Yeah. That's what I'm putting in. It's my favourite. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, yeah, Leslie Odom Jr., that one. Yeah. Yeah, it it's well. so good like, yeah. with like, the, orange, the orange thingy. I'm going to put in Perspective from She Loves Me. Yay! <laughs> um, I'm going to put Anything Can Happen from Mary Poppins. Oh, and I'm going for Shine a Light from Heather's because it's such a bop. <laughs> yes, it is. Such a tune. <laughs> Love that so much. <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing this. That's okay. Thank, thank you. you for asking thank me. you. It's been loads of fun. I'm sorry that I talk for ages. Okay, well, enjoy the rest of your day. Drink more coffee. You too. <laughs> you too. <laughs> See, See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.